Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stiltzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Rick Mulready, and we're going to explore creative ways to combine Facebook lookalike audiences with Facebook custom audiences to do your Facebook advertising. By the way, want to email me? Email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool plugin for Slack called Stand Uply. And what it does is it allows you to quickly and easily send video messages inside of Slack. Huh. Okay, now I'm not going to say that I'm a strong slacker. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) If you will. I mean, I do use Slack a little bit, so I didn't know that you could or could not send video messages inside of Slack. So it's just mostly text. Is that right? Yeah, for the most part, it's text and images and, you know, GIFs as well. But yeah, video is is just not been. Now, you can do an audio call. And you can do video call if you're a paid person, like a, a conference video call. But what this is, uh, again, what Stand Uply does is it's a Slack plugin, and you just add it and authorize it to your, you know, whatever Slack channel or Slack, you know, setup you've got, and then you are able to literally type slash video, and then a little button shows up, and you t- you click it. And it opens up your browser and you can stand there in front of your webcam and you can say like, hey, just thought I'd shoot you a video to explain this thing real quickly to you, which, again, gets across the point so much better than just text. So basically, it's a uh, it's a little camera app inside of inside of Slack that allows you to record a video on the fly is what I hear you saying. That's correct. Now, as far as these Slack extensions, do these things cost money? Most of the time, no, and it's really dependent upon – you have a certain amount of them that you can add to your Slack install. Just like Trello. Exactly. Um, with this one, there's like – I think there's a certain limit about how many people you can use it with concurrently, but then once you hit that limit, you start paying like to the next tier, which again is pretty low. It's a couple bucks a month. But you can use it for free. As long as you exactly. don't go over the limit. And where yes. do we where do we find this extension? So to find the extension, you go to standuply.com, and I'll spell that. It's S-T-A-N-D-U-P-L-Y.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome.
I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Rick Mulready. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today I'm excited to be joined by Rick Mulready. If you don't know who Rick is, he is a Facebook ads expert and host of the Art of Paid Traffic podcast. He's also a regular speaker at Social Media Marketing World, and he's got a brand new membership site focused on Facebook ads called the ROI Club. Rick, welcome back to the show. Is this number three? At least, I would think. I'm really honored to be back on. Seriously, Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, it's my great pleasure to have you back. And today, Rick and I are going to talk about something I've never talked about before, which is Facebook lookalike audiences and how to use them in combination with Facebook custom audiences. So I'm kind of excited because this is an area that I don't know a lot about, but Rick does. So um, Rick, let's start with Let's start with defining what a Facebook lookalike audience is, just in case anybody listening doesn't really understand what that is. Yeah, for sure. And I was surprised when we talked prior to this interview that you hadn't covered lookalike audiences here on the show. So I'm really excited to dive into it here with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's come up like in conversation, but sure. I haven't dedicated an entire episode to it. Gotcha. Know? Gotcha. Yeah. So a lookalike audience is, is basically when you want to create a new audience based on a base custom audience. So what the heck does that mean? So a custom audience is your email list, for example. So if you upload your email list into Facebook, Facebook matches people on your email list of those people who are also Facebook users. And so now you have an email list custom audience or a custom audience could be um, your website visitors or people who are engaging with video that you create or people who are engaging with your Facebook page or whatever. These are all examples of custom audiences. You can then create a lookalike audience of these custom audiences. And so when you when you tell Facebook that you want to do that or when you're setting up a lookalike audience, basically what you're telling Facebook to do and, and what Facebook will do when they create this audience for you is it will go find other people on Facebook, other Facebook users who have similar attributes to the people who are in that fa in that base custom audience. So for example, we'll use that email list custom audience. So Facebook will look at the attribute because people because Facebook knows so much about its users, right? And if we have uploaded our our email list and Facebook has done the matching. So let's just say we upload a list of 10,000 people and Facebook has matched 
6,000. So your email list custom audience is now 6,000 people. Well, Facebook knows a lot about those people. It knows all the attributes of those people, et cetera. And it's looking and, for patterns, presumably, between yeah, those people? Yeah, it's looking at, I mean, and we don't know the specific, like what exactly what those attributes or the data is, but Facebook will look at that information and go find other people on Facebook with similar attributes as those people who are on, for example, that we're using right now on your email list. Now let's pause for a second because if you yeah. think about what Facebook actually knows about us, right? I mean, like, <laughs> think about it. They know every article we've ever clicked on, right? Yeah. They yeah. know they know how much of every video we've ever watched. Yeah. They know everything we've ever hit a like or a love button on. They know who our friends are. They know what our job titles are, what their job titles are. They yep. probably have one of the, lar- other than maybe Google, probably have the largest data repository on us. My guess is if we walked into like uh, the museum of Rick Mulready, <laughs> they would know more about like you that. that they would know more about you than than probably you even know about yourself. What do you think I, about that? I hundred percent agree. I literally just had this conversation with somebody before we hit record. I was talking to somebody and and they felt and and I, I would agree that I would agree with you that probably Google knows a little bit more, but you know, they were saying that that they think that Facebook knows more about us hmm. than Google. Sufficient to say here that between Google and Facebook, these platforms know a lot about us. And the cool thing is on Facebook is they they give this I mean it's kind of weird to say but they they make this information and data available to us advertisers to leverage to reach our ideal target audience on Facebook which is really cool. Yeah, and it's anonymized obviously. But sure. um like the thing that it would say about Michael Stelzner and Rick Mulready is obviously they're both interested in social media. They both have been to social media marketing world, so it knows it knows that stuff about us. And if if there was a lot of people just like us, then they would be looking for other people that perhaps are into social media marketing, and maybe have been to a conference. I don't know. I'm just thinking hypothetically here. Now, now the real logical question that comes to my brain is how darn accurate is this look like audience, and does it depend on what your objective is of your ad? Because you know, different objectives. Maybe some people are more likely to watch a video than than to click on a link. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really look at. It's a great observation. I don't really look at it as dependent on what type of objective that we're using. I look at it more so as how, like, who am I trying to reach, and how much do I want to scale my ads? So what I mean by that is, if I'm just going to be, if, I, if I'm just going to be targeting my warm traffic, if you will, meaning. I'm targeting my ads to my email list or my Facebook fans or people who have visited my website or people who have watched the video or whatever, that's great. But now if I want to expand that out, the next, and how I look at it and how I teach it is the next sort of level of audience that I want to reach is if we're working from uh, warm to cold, meaning that warm audience, like audiences, like I just talked about, all the way down to cold audiences. So cold audience, meaning like that interest targeting and behavior targeting, well, that sort of next layer of targeting that I'm gonna look at is the lookalike audience because now we're getting much bigger as far as size-wise goes. And to, to answer your, your question specifically, Mike, as far as the, like how big are these audiences and sort of where are they following in our, um, uh, how we're looking at targeting and so forth, we can set up lookalike audience anywhere between one and 10%. And so the 1% 
is that those people who most closely match that base audience. So it's like that the top people, of the pyramid almost, right? Or it, like, it, like exactly, the, the cream of the exactly. crop, right? Yeah. And here in the States, in the US, it's about 2 million. So 2, 2.1 million people is going to be roughly that 1% audience. And then as we go up toward 10%, as you might imagine, that number is going to get larger, but it's also going to get less accurate. Well, less, uh, less it's, you know, accurate. It's broader. Right it's broader. So the interests are, are yeah. more generic, right? So exactly. when, when you're setting up these uh, look like audiences, is there like mm-hmm. a little, does it ask you, do you want to go 1%, 10% or how, how does that Exactly. There's a little slider. I actually pulled it up here while we're talking about this. So when you go into your audiences section in ads manager and you click the create audience button, there's an option for lookalike audience. And then, so a box is going to pop up at that point. Then there's a, a source field, a location field, and then the audience size. And the source is basically what is that base audience that you want to create a lookalike audience from. So is it your email list? Is it, you know, 50% video viewers of a specific video or whatever that might be. Right. Location is what country uh, or regions do you want to, to, to base that on? And then the audience size, which is what you're talking about here, Mike, is there's a slider and you can choose 1%, 2%, 3% and so on. And you can also, there's up. an advanced option to create multiple versions of that lookalike audience size as well. Got it. So, what I hear you saying is that if we have tapped out our warm audience, right? And maybe, I mean, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth because I'm getting towards like the, why would we do this? Mm-hmm. I think I'm hearing you say like at a certain point, you, you're going to run out of uh, the ability to convert your warm audience and it's time to go to a cold audience. And that's where this comes in handy. Is that, is that a reason why uh, someone would it's, use this? It's reasonable. Yeah. I would say I'm not, I'm not so much looking at it like, I'm deciding, I generally don't decide either or because I kind of go into a campaign and, and the way that the way that we teach it is like a lookalike audience is, is, is a cold audience, but it's not like, I don't know, I, don't, I kind of look at it like different levels of temperature. It's not a super cold audience because they do have like, again, Facebook is, is using the algorithm to match those, those attributes as the base audience. So it's not a, like a super cold audience, but it is a cold audience. And so if I want to be reaching new people that are not already in my warm audiences, uh, on Facebook, then I'm definitely going to be, I'm definitely going to be looking at using and testing a lookalike audiences. I'm not so much like, okay, I've tapped out my warm audience. Now I'm going to move on to, you know, these larger audiences like lookalike audiences, I'm going to kind of be testing all of that at the same time. Got it. So is there any other reasons why we ought to consider using lookalike audiences for those who have never used lookalike audiences? Are they less expensive? Are they more expensive? I'm just curious. Um, well, they, they tend to be, well, they're going to be less, they, well, I, I, I never want to say definitive, but they tend to be less expensive than say your straight up cold traffic, meaning like your interest targeting uh, or behavior targeting. But like I said, it's, it's just, you just got to test it to see um, what that's like for you. If for someone who's never done it, let's just say that you have a customer list. So you have a list of people who have purchased from you in your database you can upload your customer list, for example, into Facebook. Facebook will match the people on that list. So now you have a custom audience of your buyers. Well, now you can create a lookalike audience out of your buyers. So that lookalike now contains people with similar attributes who have taken out their credit card and given you their information. That's a really powerful lookalike audience. 
Do you and rec- so, yeah. Do you recommend creating a bunch of different lookalike audiences? Because when I start thinking through all the possible, like just taking an email list, right. And, and narrowing it down to customers, obviously, but even yep. taking an email list and, you know, depending on what kind of email system you have, you can do tagging, right? So maybe people Absolutely. on the email list that are visitors to the website frequently versus those that are not. Do you recommend just creating all of those audiences and then creating lookalikes of all those different variations? Or yes. What's your th- okay. Yeah. So I mean, ideally, you want to you want to think through this strategically, right? So if like, all right, if I if I have this in my business, whatever this might this might be. I want to create uh, an audience of those people and then create a lookalike audience from it from a strategic perspective. If what I always tell people is if you're not really sure what that strategy is yet, go ahead and create the audiences so at least you have them so that when you're thinking through your strategy a little bit down the road, you've got the audiences to put them into play and start using them and, and targeting your targeting your ads. Now, when you said you have the option to do this uh, audience matching, this lookalike audience, you said it yep. was percent and location, and there was a third thing I thought I heard you uh, say. The source. The source is just that base oh, yeah, audience. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so on the location side of things, do you mm-hmm. recommend to use the location um, to, to narrow things down a little bit? Or, uh, or like, what for do you example, mean by that? Well, can you say like San Diego versus California versus United States with the lo- with the audience uh, lookalike audiences on the location side of things? Oh, so what I like, no, I mean, you're going to be, you're, you want to go at the country level. I see. So, so you can, so some people, you know, they'll do say like a, a, a U.S. lookalike, for example, but then they want to use that audience to target, you know, the San Diego area. Um you can do that. You can certainly test it out, but just know that that base lookalike audience is based on the the U.S. as a as a as a whole. And then the percentages, the one percent yep. to it goes up to ten percent. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. So, do you recommend going with the smaller percentages or the bigger percentages? So this is where it's a great question. This is where this has really shifted for me over the past, say, year. If you'd asked me this last year, I would have said I would not go above one percent. So I would just, like keep it as 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 uh, specific as you possibly can and as targeted as you possibly can. Go with the one percent. What's happened over the past year or so, especially here in two, in, or especially last year in 2017, is the algorithm is liking the larger audience sizes to work with, and because of that, be, the reason for that is because you're giving the algorithm more data to go find you the people who are most likely to take action for whatever you're asking them to do, whether it's watch a video or convert or whatever that might be. So for that reason, if it makes sense for your business and your audience is a broader audience, I would be testing those larger lookalike audience sizes, those two, three, four, maybe 5% lookalikes. And, and again, depending on who, what type of business that you have and who your customer is, maybe you do want to be even testing out those larger uh, percentages. Because it's going to lead to better quality output. Is that what you're saying? Because it's got a larger pool and greater likelihood of finding the cream of the crop or you're just, yeah, you're you're just giving, you're just giving Facebook more data to work with. Now you might test it out and you might view like, you know what? I'm only seeing the best results with my 1% audiences. Okay, great. Well, at least you tested it out. And and going to maybe like a a four or five percent lookalike might not make sense for a lot of businesses out there because their customers just aren't that broad uh, in nature, which is cool. This will you, is just will you about, end up blowing your budget because the number of the size of the audience is so much bigger too, or no? 
you, I mean, you, you have to be, you do have to be careful there. So if you're just testing out, I mean, just be testing with the smaller budgets on that. But, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to, trying to point out here is if it makes sense for your audience, don't be afraid to test with a smaller budget, those larger audience sizes, because in the past, I, we always said, you know, just, just people who are doing Facebook ads in general. And what I always taught was I would not go above 1%. Got it. Now I would say, you know what, if it makes sense, don't be afraid to test some of those larger uh, percentages if it makes sense for your business. Could you split test a 1% versus a 5%? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So sure. um, give us some perspective. And I know every audience is going to be different, but if you were to upload a list of 10,000 emails, well, let's just say 10,000 was the net, okay, size yep. of the audience. Yep. And then you say a 1% lookalike audience. How big are we talking of a possible lookalike audience? Roughly about about 2 million. So you, usually that number wow. that comes out is about 2.1 million. But if And as you go up a percent, it doubles? Yeah, roughly. Got yep. it. Yep. So um, very, very fascinating. Okay, now let's get into like the, we've got these, we've got these, um, we've talked about just general lookalike audiences. And mm-hmm. now I want to get into all these custom audiences in combination with lookalike audiences. So yeah. we've been talking yep. about the email list, which is the obvious example, but there's other stuff that we could dig into here, right? Yeah, for sure. So you, like we said, you got the email list, but you know, the one thing that people, first of all, let's caveat this whole thing. This is about getting creative, right? So how can we get creative to reach different segments of our audience? excuse me, based on the actions that they're taking in our business. So we, so we have our email list, number one. Well, can we segment that list? Like you were talking about before, Mike, where let's just say we have a list of customers or, you know, people who have, who have bought a specific product or, or service from us. Um, you know, you've got people who specifically have attended social media marketing world, for example. Right. You know, so how can you leverage that audience? Then we have, uh, website traffic. These are people who have visited. Wait, wait, the hold, website. On, hold on a second. I want to stay on the email list for a second, just because sure. I want to like explore how many possible possibilities there are. As I'm thinking out loud, um, we have like new subscribers in the last 30 days, for example, on our email list, or we have subscribers that have been on the list for over a year, which mm-hmm. which kind of indicate they're maybe more familiar with us. We've yep. got. Um, with, we use Drip, so we have the ability to tag them with all sorts of various interests. So if you have a tagging system where you could tag if they're interested in Facebook versus Twitter versus LinkedIn, you've, yep. got, you've got all that kind of stuff. Um, I would imagine, I don't even know if this is legal, but can you target unsubscribers? You know, people uh, that unsubscribe and try to get them back on the list it, and create it those? Is, it's, it's technically against policy. Ah, okay. So... It's with their with a with a custom audience as you're creating custom audience. The first time you do it, you have to agree to the terms and conditions. Right. Uh, technically, it is against terms and conditions if someone has opted out and said that they do not wish to be contacted by you. Right. Um, technically, you're supposed to remove them and not target them. And then you have every single product you've ever sold, right? I mean, if you think about it from that perspective, right? Because like, you, yeah, you've absolutely. got different courses. Do you recommend? I mean, like this is where it starts getting kind of mind-boggling when you have this many different audiences. But, but I just wanted to go, and you could probably, depending on what your email list, when you upload the email list, it's mm-hmm. only taking the email address. It's not taking the other data that 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 right well, or is it? Well, there's there's 15 different matching points, matching data points that you that you can that you can put in there. Oh, you really? know, something like, you know, uh, if you have their date of birth or if you have uh, their phone number or oh, something like that, okay. you can add those elements in there. But, you know, the, the, the base, 
the, the, the data point that most people use is, is the email address. Cool. All right. So yep. just wanted to throw that out there so people could start thinking about all the creative possibilities other than just exporting the whole database. Um, yeah. And also, also Mike, too, like real, real quick on that, you mentioned um, we we're talking about the customer list. If you happen to know the lifetime customer value of your customers, when you're uploading that list, you can include that number and Facebook will, you can create a lookalike audience out of the people who have high li- uh, lifetime customer value. Huh. Fascinating. So again, that's really powerful because now you're, you're putting an actual, uh, a monetary number there that Facebook says, oh, okay, this person's worth, I don't know, $3,000 to me. Let's go find more people like this. There's a side of me that says, you know that that data is staying with that person forever, right? And yeah. and just imagine every other person like us who's uploaded all that data. You know what I mean? So yep. that data, I'm sure Facebook knows about like yeah. us, you know, and all the yep. things we've ever bought. And that's part of why the matching is probably stronger. I don't know. Yep, exactly. Okay, so website visitors, talk about what all you know. What what can we do there? Yeah, so I mean, the obvious one is there. I can just I can create an audience of anybody coming to my website. So anybody coming to socialmediaexaminer.com. I can build an audience of those people and then I can set up uh, in the past number of days. So anywhere between one and 180 days. Basically, let's just say I do a 30 day audience. So now I'm saying this audience and this is a 30 day on a rolling basis. So it's always the previous 30 days from what um, from what you from what you look from. like So from today, for example, if I've had my audience set up for a while this audience I'm looking at is in the past 30 days. And then tomorrow it's in the past 30 days and tomorrow, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a rolling thing. Yeah, it's a rolling thing. So you can set, you can set that up. You can do people who visit specific web pages. Um, like, so you, for example, you can set up an audience of people who, um, came to your, the inform you know, the, the information page about social media marketing world, right? You can create another audience of those people who visited that page, but didn't check out. So they visited the page, but didn't buy. So now you're getting into... This is um, where it gets fascinating when you combine that with lookalike audiences, right? So like if I hit up an an audience of people that visited Mm -hmm. socialmediaexaminer.com, is Facebook smart enough to know that these are people that visit websites and... And, and people who are in a group of people, and therefore when it creates a lookalike audience, the lookalike audience is going to have people that visit websites and also look like that. That's the part I'm curious about. Does that make that's sense? That's what we're hope, like, that's what our hope is, right? When yes. we're creating a lookalike audience. Because so, now you're saying, all right, well, this is our audience. These are people who are visiting you know, our website here. Right. Hopefully, your algorithm and, and the data that you're using to create that lookalike audience is going to find me more people who are interested in this. Visiting websites, yeah. Okay, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and now, so, yeah, and so the power of that is is to be able to not only build audience of people visiting, but also, you know, find other people on Facebook that we didn't really, that we weren't able to, that we don't have an audience for, but that, that hopefully have these interests, you know, uh, as, as the people are visiting the site. Now, I have a question. Yep. Uh, when we get to a sales page and we talk about those who did not hit the checkout page, mm-hmm. can you create a lookalike of people that did not hit a checkout page and omit them from the other one? Do you understand where I'm going? Kind of creating a lookalike exclusion list. Yes. Now, I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd want to create a lookalike audience necessarily of people who don't act. Yeah, exactly. Who who land on the on the you know on the sales page but didn't purchase. 
So it'd probably um, be better off to create a look like audience just of those who went to the sales page and did purchase. Is that what I hear you saying? I mean, I would say, yeah, I would say it's, it's going to be a more powerful, more, more powerful audience. Got it. But getting back to the exclusion, I, I remember what I was going to say before, you, you were asking about people who have unsubscribed from your list. I would have that segment of people because a lot of uh, email CRMs keep those people in there. So you have that as an audience in from your email CRM. Do upload that into Facebook and exclude that audience when you're doing your targeting. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, you know, so that's one thing that has affected, you know, the whole uh, negative feedback uh, rating that, uh, that ads uh, that you see with your ads, you have um, negative feedback and positive feedback. Facebook's actually doing away with those ratings, the, the positive and negative feedback and only going with the relevant score. But that has something that has been something that has um, been causing or can cause, I should say, the higher negative feedback. If we're targeting, say, our email list and we inadvertently, we don't even know that we're also when we're when we're exporting that list out of our email CRM, that those unsubscribes are coming with it. We have to make sure that we've segmented those people and are excluding those people so they are not seeing our ads. Now, we're going to get to a couple more of these custom audiences before we do. So far, we've talk, been talking about email lists and we've been talking about website visitors. Is it wise to combine like email and website visitors into maybe like a super uh, group of people that are um, both on an email list and visit the website? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do like, I mean, I do like that strategy from, there's a couple of different pros and cons here. Number one, I mean, there's the con of it is there's going to be some overlap right. there. The, the pro of that is it's going to grow your potential audience size because you're combining the warm audiences there, right? which is good because going back to the more data that we can give to the algorithm to work with, thus the potential audience size is larger, the better. Okay, so, cool. What other custom audiences should we explore when uh, making lookalike audiences? Yeah, so continuing on with the like with the website visitors, for example, we can create audiences of of people based on how long they're spending on our website. Oh, how do we and do that? So we can do you know it's it's just called visitors by time spent, and we can do the top five percent, top ten percent, top twenty five percent. And so from a lookalike audience perspective, how cool would that be to create a lookalike audience based on the top five? or the audience of the top 5% people who spend the most time on the site. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. That's pretty powerful, right? That is so, again, that lookalike audience is finding new people on Facebook with similar attributes as the people who are spending, say in this example here, the top 5% on your, on your website. This is mind boggling. And I know some people right now are like, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? I didn't know all this. <laughs> um, but then you can create, if you're using like standard events and you're, you have like, um, you know, initiate or, or like a complete registration or a purchase and you have events set up, uh, or maybe it's a page view or whatever, you can create lookalike audience out of those things as well. Huh. So there's, there's lots of different opportunities here. Um, I think the real fun and not, to, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what we've been talking about as far as email and the, and the website traffic, cause those are super powerful, but where Facebook has really been evolving over the past little while is in their engagement audiences. And what I mean by that is, for example, I think you mentioned it before, Mike, is that we can create, if we, uh, hopefully everyone's doing video. Everybody listening to this podcast should definitely be doing video on Facebook, whether it's just, you know, 
uploading video or doing Facebook Live. But we can then create engagement audiences of people based on how long they're watching our videos. So for example, we can create an audience of people watching 75% of our video. That is a very powerful audience to be creating a lookalike audience from. Because if somebody's watching 75% of our video, we can probably make some assumptions there that they're pretty engaged in whatever we're you know, talking about and, and, and the content that we're doing there. Let's be you clear. Could, that's going to be a small chunk of the people that watch the video if you yes. actually look at the metrics on your video, right? Exactly. And again, it, it, it does depend on how many people are watching and the type of traffic you're getting to the video and so forth. Just know, though, that you can create a lookalike audience of people based on how long they're watching your video. So, so in that case, you might want to target that lookalike audience with the video, right? To try to get more video views. Is that fair? Uh, say that again. Okay. Let's say I, let's take my show, The Journey, okay? Mm -hmm. And let's say that I've got somebody who's watched 75% of episode 20 of The Journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I create a lookalike audience of that. Would it make sense for me to target a video to that audience? Because Oh, I, gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Because they, they watch video, obviously, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Um, so you have, you know, so you can do video engagement if you're doing lead ads and lead ads are those ads that where somebody clicks within the ad unit that you see, say for in their, in their newsfeed and rather than taking them to a landing page, they have the form right within the, within the ad. You've seen those, right? The lead oh, yeah, yeah. where it auto populates whatever information that you have told Facebook that you want to, uh, to compile from their Facebook profile. So lead form. So you can create. Uh, a custom audience based on the action that they're taking within the lead form. So anybody who opened it up, anybody who opened up and submitted it. So if somebody opened up a lead form and submitted their their information and then you create a lookalike audience out of that, that's just like if you're creating an audience of people who have uh, converted on your landing page, for example. But in this case here, it's a lead form. Uh, earlier, you mentioned live video, and I just wanted to circle back real quick. Do you, yeah. Does does Facebook allow you to target the people who were there live during a live video, or does it just treat them kind it's, of all in one? It does. Um, you understand from, what I'm saying? Because like when you go live, yep. you know how generally most of the people watch the video after it's live? because. Yes. And I'm just curious whether it treats the live video just like every other video or whether it segments out those who watch live versus those who watch the playback. Oh, gotcha. It's to my, I've never seen them uh, segmenting that, segmenting that out. Got it. Users based on when they watch it. Okay, no. cool. What about like, uh, are there any other Facebook engagement um, custom audiences that we should talk about that we yeah, could potentially, that, let's hear it. Yeah, for sure. That was the next one here. So there's, you can do, uh, this is one that they rolled out in two, 2017 and it's based on the engagement that people take on your Facebook page. And the first option here, it says everybody who engaged with your page. And what that means is anybody who's engaged with your page, any of your posts, any of your ads, anybody who's messaged you, that is anybody who is engaged with your Facebook page in general, whatever kind of aspect. In that any have. way, in any way. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you can build an audience of those people and then create lookalike audiences from those, from that engaged audience as well. And it doesn't matter. Really what we're saying is if they've engaged with any of your page posts, right? I mean, like they don't have to go over to the page, do they? I mean, they could see it in the newsfeed, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So whether they, do you have the option to like target those who liked versus loved? Can you do that kind of level? Uh, thing? No, not that I'm aware of. No, I'm, I'm looking, I just pulled up the options here. 
anybody who engaged. No, it's not based on like commented you know versus shared or any of that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, but it's a great point, Mike. And I would not be surprised at all if Facebook rules something like that out because based on how you are reacting. So if you're loving it versus just liking it, right. That's got to be a more, you know, a higher. I bet you they have it for the super enterprise person. level clients. Probably, yeah. <laughs> It'll roll down to us peons eventually, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'd say that the last one I would have mentioned here as far as the custom audience is if you have a business profile on Instagram, mm. you can build custom audiences of people who are engaging with that profile and then also create lookalike audiences from that, um, from that uh, audience as well. And it doesn't sound like they differentiate those who watch stories versus those who engage with the posts on Instagram, for, or does it? Uh, I mean, the same thing. So the first option is anybody who engaged with your with your business on on Instagram. Uh, they're not breaking that out necessarily from a story perspective, Got it. or just engaging in your in your profile. Okay, yep. so um, I'd love to hear some examples of maybe how you've used some of this stuff because. This is, you know, obviously you could do all sorts of things with this. Do you have any off the top of your head of creative examples you've done for yourself or your clients have done or your customers have done? Yeah, I mean, kind of everything that we've been talking about here, we we use them in some way in our business and, you know, my students and stuff like that are using them in this way as well. Like I mentioned before is thinking about our business from a creative, like be creative with this and thinking about it from a str strategic perspective. So Let's just say for if, if we're getting a lot of traffic to um, our podcast pages on, okay. on the website. And so we've identified that audience as people who are interested in the podcast. Well, I could create a lookalike audience of those people and show ads to that lookalike audience of the podcast and see if they're interested as well. We do a lot of lookalike audiences, as I mentioned before, of like our customer lists um, trying to engage that audience and build the, build that audience. This is all about how do we take these cold audiences, if you will, people who don't necessarily know who we are and bring them in to become a warm audience. How do we start building that relationship with them so that we can, so they'll, you know, build that trust factor and get them to further, you know, get them to move further down our sales funnel, starting with that cold traffic and warming them up. And that's where these lookalike audiences come into um, play so much is that because we get to we get to leverage these lookalike audiences to scale our campaigns and reach new people that are very similar to the people who are already interacting with our business in some way. I, I think so, yeah, I think it's important. You brought up a very important point, which I was just about to ask, which is be careful not to direct sell to these cold audiences because they don't know who the heck you are, right? Necessarily. Exactly. And yep. um, it sounds like you'd be better off serving up content to them. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Yes. This is about adding value. This is about, you know, teaching, giving them, you know, yes, you can go right to a download, meaning like a, a, a piece of content or something like that. But this is not about, you know, selling them right off the bat. This is about establishing trust, building relationship, being seen as uh, a value provider. And that is, that is what's going to allow them to, to buy from you down the road rather than trying to go for the sale right off the bat. So this could be a good way to maybe grow your, you know, provide a, um, a valuable link to an article that you think they might be interested Absolutely, in. And yeah. then that article could try to get them on the email list. So they become warm, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, right? Yep. Yep. Or a video. Um, and then you could retarget those who watch that video with, another video for something to buy, Absolutely. that kind of thing, right? All the, all the above. Yep. Now, um, what about interest targeting in, in the mix here? Um, does that 
get super complicated? Do you mean like layering in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of those questions I get quite a bit. And and so what we're talking about here, by the way, is if if anybody's like, what do you what do we, what do you mean layering in interest? Is we have our let's just say we have our lookalike audience, and so we want to target those people. And let's just say it's a one percent, and we want to target the. Um, uh, that 1% look like audience and we're just going to go with that. Now we're like, well, what if we want to layer in an additional interest on top of that? So if I have a look like audience, my 1%, let's just say I want to tar- I want to add in an interest of social media, people who have an interest in social media examiner. So now I'm saying, all right, I want to target people who have an, who are in this look like audience, but they also have an interest in social media examiner. So we're, we're getting much more, we're taking a, uh, a cold audience, but yet it, there's still an element of warmth there because these are people with similar attributes as our base audience. But now we're getting even further refined there and saying, we also want to reach people within that lookalike who have an interest in social media examiner. I generally don't start there. I generally start just the lookalike audience to see how that does. If, and depending on how it does, I will then start to layer in other interests on top of that to see how that does. So I'll start off, I'll, I'll have one ad set, for example, that's just targeting that lookalike and see how see how it does. If it's doing well, awesome, I'll keep going with that. What the other thing we can, if, if it's not, then I will you know, start to test layering in interests on top of that. The other thing we can think about doing is if we're testing <clears throat> different lookalikes, let's just say we have a lookalike audience of our email list, lookalike audience of people who are engaging with our Facebook page, and a lookalike audience of people who are visiting our website. And and they have shown to be pretty well, like they're, they're performing pretty well. What I can do with those is combine all of those lookalikes into one ad set. So now we're going, if we're using the 1%, we're going from like 2 million people in our audience size times three up to about six-ish million people. So again, now I'm expanding that audience size, giving Facebook's algorithm more data to work with and able to scale my ads even more because I have a larger audience size, a larger pool to work from. When you're doing this um, layering in, does it, is it wise, just let's say you upload a, upload a list of uh, 6,000 customers and you want to look like audience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't guarantee that those lookalike audiences are all going to be cold to you. So does it make sense to exclude those who are fans, those who are website visitors? Do you understand where I'm going to kind of narrow that lookalike audience down to true cold audiences? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. And we have done <clears throat> we have done the excluding there and and but Facebook and I don't know if I trust them or not on this, but they they say that the lookalike audience is not going to contain people that are in the base audience of any of your other core audiences. Exactly. I don't know if I trust that or not. <laughs> We've so, done, so, so, okay. No. Do you do it or do you not do it when you do we, it yourself? We, we try and exclude stuff just to avoid overlap at all costs. Cool. Because you know, we don't want to be driving up the prices and we want to make sure that we're reaching new people there. The cost, um, you know, if we spend, let's just say we spend a thousand dollars a month on our regular marketing you know, mm-hmm. and we want to start experimenting with custom audiences and stuff. Are we talking about doubling our budget or are we talking about adding an extra 20%? I mean, just any kind of general rules? Well, it's, I mean, it's generally going to be on the smaller side because if we're, if from number one, our custom audiences generally are going to be smaller. So our website visitors, email lists, so forth, right. then they're going to be a lot smaller than say like an interest targeting. Um, so no, we're not talking about doubling. We're not talking about doubling at that point. If you, 
have those custom audiences and then you're adding adding in additional like, all right, I want to create lookalike audiences. Well, now we have larger audiences to work from. Got it. But if you're just starting out for the first time, just test them with with smaller smaller budgets. I wouldn't go hog wild and you know say double your thousand dollar a month budget just to do that. You can you can test that at a much smaller budget level. And in the long run, have you been able to track that lookalike audiences in the long run are profitable? Is or is it a venture that we should proceed with caution because obviously they're cold, they've got to be yep. warmed up and all that fun stuff. Well, I mean, like with anything here, yes, we have been able to track it that they have been very successful for us. Not all look alike audiences, though, right. but stuff that we have tested, <clears throat> excuse me, for sure. Um, but like with anything, it's it's always proceed with caution. You know, test stuff out with that smaller budget and just see how it works before you put in put in a huge budget to to test something out. Um, yeah, so proceed Perfect. with caution, see how it does, and then scale accordingly based on what the results that you're seeing. Awesome. Well, Rick, I just want to, first of all, say thank you for uh, answering my bazillion questions about this. This is fun. <laughs> I, um, I know people are probably going to want to discover more about your uh, brand new um, membership site. So uh, tell people where they can find you. And um, I will just p plug that uh, he's got a great podcast. If you want to add another podcast to your um, podcast listing called The Art of Paid Traffic. Thank you. Beyond that, tell them about your, your club and all that cool stuff. Yeah, so uh, my website is rickmulready.com, and uh, this new membership program, uh, new as of if uh, this month actually, uh, in here in April, right? Yep. April. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's called the ROI Club, and this is <clears throat> excuse me, this is uh, two parts. Number one, the first thing that people are getting in the membership program is a uh, a live state of the union, if you will for the latest, what's going on with Facebook ads. As we know, Facebook ads change, like what seems like on a weekly basis. They do. So the state of the union here is to keep everybody updated on the very latest of what's going on with Facebook ads so that it's not affecting the performance of your campaign in a negative way. So you stay up on what's going on so they can help your uh, campaign um, and help, you know, God forbid if something happens to your account, that you are staying up on policy and everything like that. So all that wrapped up into to the, to the live State of the Union with a live Q&A each month. And then the second part of the membership is a, uh, a proven Facebook ads sales funnel template. So I, I, we have a template of the month, if you will, where we put together a, uh, it's basically a paint by numbers template, as I'm calling it, where we give you the template, we break it down for you, show you exactly all the different elements of the funnel, all the tools that you need to, uh, to have with it. Um, if there's copy involved, all that stuff all wrapped up into one nice, neat package of a membership program. It's called the ROI club. Uh, the link for that, by the way, is rickmulready.com forward slash ROI club. That's M-U-L and then the word ready.com, rickmulready.com exactly. slash yeah. ROI. I say, that, I say that really fast. <clears throat> slash ROI club. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. rickmulready.com forward slash ROI club. And I, I but folks, um, Rick is like literally amongst uh, a, a list of professionals that I can count on one hand that are some of the best in the world. So you definitely want to check it out. Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Always fun. Well, I hope you got a lot of value out of today's podcast interview. If there is anything we mentioned and you didn't capture it, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 298. Also, if you are new to this subscri uh, podcast, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any of the awesome stuff we've got lined up. And if you're a regular, would love a review. 
This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. (laughs) I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.